Welcome to Experience This, where you'll find inspiring examples of customer experience, great stories of customer service, and tips on how to make your customers love you even more. Always upbeat and definitely entertaining, customer retention expert Joey Coleman and social media expert Dan Gingis serve as your hosts for a weekly dose of positive customer experience. Don't hold on to your headphones. It's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of The Experience, this show. Join us as we discuss the 10 things that define our future customer using video in place of print and, oh, 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 bless you, Joey, principles, videos, and tissues. Oh, my. We're excited to give you an overview of an important book you should know about, as well as share some of our favorite passages as part of our next book report. Back in episode 21, we featured Blake Morgan's book, More is More. Now she's out with a new one that we thought we'd tell you about as well, called The Customer of the Future, 10 Guiding Principles for Winning Tomorrow's Business. And it presents, as you guessed, 10 ideas for how to put customer experience to work at your business. As always, we like to reach out to authors to hear in their words what the book is about and why you should read it. So here again is author Blake Morgan. Hey, Joey. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me back on the Experience This podcast. My new book is The Customer of the Future, and this is a book that takes readers through 10 guiding principles that through all of my research, through my own interviews with executives all over the world, I believed every person would benefit from understanding as they think about the experiences they are creating for other people every single day. And these 10 principles can be bucketed into three areas. First, we've got the psychological pieces of an experience strategy. And that can include mindset. One thing most companies just cannot do, mindset. The second is culture. One of the hugely important pieces and underappreciated pieces of a good customer experience. And the third piece is leadership development. The other two buckets, along with psychological, are technical and experiential. And those are equally important, but if we can't get the psychological pieces right, those seemingly invisible things that companies just keep failing at, like how employees feel at work, like customer experience focus across the business, the technical piece doesn't matter, nor does marketing and other aspects of the business. And I do believe that this updated customer experience book could be relevant for anyone listening to this podcast, even if you have a small business, whether you work for a big corporation, or you're just interested in learning more about this exciting, growing topic of customer experience. So I am really excited about all this new content and the chance to bring you to the book. I'd love to hear what you think of the book and would love all of your listeners Um, If it made sense for them to check out the book and then send me a note at blake at blakemichellemorgan.com. Thanks. 
I love that Blake starts by talking about the psychological aspects of experience strategy and particularly mindset. I agree with her that mindset is really where this entire conversation needs to begin. If you don't have a culture that embraces caring for customers, if you don't have a culture that recognizes that everyone contributes to the experience your customers are having, you're gonna have a difficult time creating remarkable experiences. It's a team sport, folks. It's not just the responsibility of the customer experience department or the customer service department. Every single employee, every single touch point matters. We need to connect all of these together to create the kind of great experiences, which obviously segues to the culture. What is the experience of your culture? You know, one of the things I often talk about is the fact that you can't expect your employees to deliver a remarkable customer experience if they don't know what one is. So what are you doing internally in your organization, in your own culture, to create the kind of employee experiences that are so rewarding, that are so fantastic, that are so uh, remarkable, that it teaches your staff and your team and your employees to deliver those type of emotions and those type of interactions when they're interacting with customers directly? You know, I'm reminded uh, our male listeners may uh, know this line that happy wife equals happy life. Oh, don't it, not. <laughs> it is, it's very similar uh, in this environment that happy employees equal happy customers. Yeah, except I think there's probably more truth to the happy employees, <laughs> happy customers. Yeah. Speaking of a, a previous episode where we talked about words or phrases like boss or chief that drive you crazy, that's one that drives me crazy. But I digress. Uh, Okay, well, sorry to drive you crazy, but I also thought that the psychological piece was interesting. And uh, fun fact, Joey, psychology was one of my undergraduate majors. How along... many undergraduate majors did you have? Dan is one of the smartest, most educated people you will meet, folks. Only next to Joey, but no, no, no I no. only had two. I was a double major in psychology and communications, and I chose those because they were just fascinating topics to me. At the time, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And as it turns out, psychology plus communications basically equals marketing. And that, that's how <laughs> I was going to say, two for the price of one. Yeah, so that's how I got into marketing uh, without ever having taken a marketing class until much later at business school. And I think it's really interesting because marketing is often – the first part of the customer experience, it's before you even become a customer, is you start to see the marketing and the advertising of a brand and you get the feel for what it's going to be like to do business with them. The flip side of that, as we often talk about on the show, is that when you provide a remarkable experience and you create customers that want to talk about you, that therein becomes the best marketing that you can do. Better than any Facebook ad, any email campaign, any uh, Super Bowl commercial is your own customers telling others about you. So I think the psychology of customer experience is a really interesting topic, and I'm glad that, that Blake went into that into her book. So as always, we also like to ask our authors to share with us their favorite passage from their book. Now, we do this because we know that authors do the whole podcast circuit as part of marketing their books. Heck, we did the same thing for our books. And unfortunately, that often results in the same interview over and over with different hosts. And by now, our loyal listeners know that Joey and Dan aren't your typical podcast hosts. No, sirree, we are not. So here is Blake Morgan reading her favorite passage. In the permanent darkness of the caves in the lower Rio Grande, a translucent fish thrives. This albino-looking cave dweller is not different than any other fish, except for the fact that the fish is blind. 
However, this fish was not always blind. The entire species of this fish became blind over time. Living in a dark cave with little oxygen, finding food is difficult. When living in darkness, eyesight is not helpful, and being efficient is critical to survival. Over time, these fish sacrificed their eyesight so they would be able to retain more energy to find food and survive in the difficult environment of the caves. The blind cave fish have 15% more energy than eye-seeing fish. These small pinkish miracles are called Mexican tetra. They evolved as their dark and uncertain environment required. They did not go into a cave and die. They learned to thrive in the cave by losing the sight that was useless to them in that environment. The blind cave fish remind us that it's our ability to evolve, adapt, and embrace change that determines our ability to survive in the world. It's no different for the businesses we create and run. So I'd like to share my favorite passage from the book as well. I was drawn to the principle of building a customer-centric culture, and Blake offers six tips for creating such a culture. Here are the six tips. Number one, hire people who are emotionally intelligent leaders and managers. Number two, hire a diverse set of leaders who reflect a diverse customer base. Number three, normalize candid conversations to create a culture of transparency and open communication. Number four, encourage leadership to spend time out in the field talking to customers. Number five, ensure managers keep an open line of communication with employees and managers are involved in building and developing an employee-centric culture. And last but not least, number six, talk to employees and learn what employees like or don't like about the culture. Folks, the employee experience and the customer experience are two sides of the same coin. And when we think about the employee experience, nothing influences that more than the way they interact with each other and the way their leaders or managers treat them. If we're going to have a customer-centric experience on one side of our business, we need to fuel that with an employee-centric culture on the other side. Can I get an amen to that? Amen, brother. So not surprisingly, after 20 years in corporate America as a marketer, I was drawn to the principle called customer-focused marketing. In it, Blake Morgan discusses how the role of the CMO, or chief marketing officer, has changed immensely over the past few years, from one that was originally in charge of acquiring new customers to one that is really the overseer of the entire customer journey. Quote, you cannot lose sight of your customers for even one second, or your business risks irrelevance. She says, the CMO is in charge of nurturing and maintaining this relationship with your customer, unquote. She then cites Tesla as an example, and this is the passage that I wanted to read. The future of marketing could be no marketing at all. Case in point is Tesla. Much more than a car company, Tesla is a vision for the future, an aspirational brand, a club people want to be a part of. Tesla represents luxury reducing your carbon footprint, and technological sophistication. People want to buy from Tesla for its ideals as much as for its product. So I think another way to put this is that Tesla doesn't need to market itself because its loyal customers do that for them. And that's the beauty of a remarkable customer experience. It's the secret to that elusive word-of-mouth marketing that all CMOs are striving for. 
So check out Blake Morgan's new book, The Customer of the Future, 10 Guiding Principles for Winning Tomorrow's Business, on Amazon or your favorite bookseller. And of course, we'll link to it in the show notes at www.experiencethisshow.com. Sometimes a remarkable experience deserves deeper investigation. We dive into the nitty gritty of customer interactions and dissect how and why they happen. Join us while we're dissecting the experience. Back in episode 68, we did a segment on video bill explainers. And Joey, you shared some portions of your Excel energy bill, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, indeed. And how they used a little video to teach me about what I was paying each month and make suggestions about things I could do to reduce my cost. Well, it turns out that these kinds of videos are now being used for a whole lot more than explaining bills. Tony Jones, who is the innovation director at Signal TV in the UK, described as a video innovation agency, is a listener of the show. Woohoo! Thanks, Tony. And when he heard that segment, he reached out to me to share some forward-thinking examples of using video to enhance the customer experience. Let's have a listen. What we're doing is using customer data to tell a story that's relevant to them and taking the most interesting and most relevant parts of those data points from their profile or their subscription or their travel booking, for instance, and playing it back to them so they understand it. This is where personalized video is hugely useful and it brings to life more complex elements of a customer profile, things like their monthly subscription package, travel booking, or, uh, or the loyalty points they have. And the better the data the better the video. And paired with a decent CRM program, we'll see more useful, more actionable content. And it's generally easier to digest than words and pictures you'll typically get by email or letter. And that tends to be the space that we operate in alongside things like letters or emails that are going out that are generally personalized. It might be billing, it might be welcome packs. Um, for instance, in automotive, we're doing things like welcoming new car owners to their specific vehicle, telling them how much they'll be paying over how many years and seeing shots of the actual car they've bought. You know, this is all the, all the sort of stuff you'd see within a, a, a paper-based agreement, a printed welcome pack um, or an email. But, you know, these things rarely get read by the customer and often uses confusing terminology. So, you know, bringing this thing to life using uh, using using video is uh, is hugely beneficial and hugely helpful. Areas like telecoms, uh, we're delivering personalized onboarding videos to welcome the new customer, walking them through their new phone or their first bill, which can be confusing. And in, in these instances, we're seeing a huge reduction in calls to the call center, where typically a customer would call for an explanation of their bill in travel, in retail, we're seeing personalized suggestions on what customers can do with their loyalty points. Um, and again, getting a huge uplift in click-throughs and uh, view-through rates compared with generic suggestions. Oh, this, this plays into this idea that, you know, the more relevance, uh, the more, the more uh, specific and uh, the more useful the content is, then uh, you're more likely to get uh, some, uh, some form of interaction and, uh, and conversion and engagement. Um, the, the other thing that's, uh, is, is starting to emerge is a whole load of other use cases, um, things like new employees 
you know, it's, it's not particularly a customer experience, but it's the same principle. You know, it's this idea that you'll be a new employee, you're starting a, a new job. They're the things that uh, you would you wouldn't typically get from a, a generic welcome pack, but you can have very specific things delivered to you, told in a story that's very easily digestible um, in a very visual format. This is very cool, Dan, and I see why you wanted to revisit the topic. You know, folks, it's a good reminder to all of us that technology is constantly improving and what's new and different today may become ordinary and expected tomorrow. Now, I'm not saying this is where we're at with bill explainers, which, let's be frank, still aren't commonly used with most providers, but Tony gave us a lot of other really cool examples. And what I liked about this is shifting our thinking around or our mindset around videos to explain aspects of our business that are important to us, but may be confusing or new or different for our customers. Yeah, that example of the very first cell phone bill, which is probably the most confusing bill you'll ever get in your life. I think that would... uh, very much benefit from video. You know what I would love is a video explaining the insurance, this is not a bill form that you get, right? The explanation of benefits, EOB, I believe is how they refer to it in the industry. Yes. And we did uh, explain in a previous episode that it is neither an explanation (laughs) nor is it beneficial. Nor is it a benefit. Well, I especially liked the idea of incorporating, for example, the customer's exact vehicle that they just purchased in the video. I think that's super cool. It's like getting a video of your new baby, right? You just bought this big thing and and it's not just any car, it's actually your car. I also really like the employee example, especially for something like we were just talking about of health insurance during open enrollment, which is incredibly complicated. It'd be really nice to have a video that explains based on my needs and maybe my past signups, how to go about signing up again this year. I think to me, one of the big takeaways from this discussion of video is video gives you incredible opportunities to teach. It gives you incredible opportunities to explain. Sure, you can write it out in an FAQ, but people aren't as compelled to read an FAQ as they are to click and watch a video. And when you have a video explaining something, you also, I think, can empathize more with the fact that the customer you're explaining to it to doesn't understand it. So it doesn't come across as condescending or overly preachy. And instead, you can turn it into, let me show you the benefit of doing business with us. Let me show you what you're getting. And by showing you, as opposed to just telling you, I think it changes not only the experience of how the content is delivered, but it changes uh, the impact that it has on the person watching the video. Well, let's face it too, the way that people consume content today is usually on a mobile device and we're scrolling. And so when we see printed words, we tend to skim, which means we're not gonna capture all the information anyway. Video is a scroll stopper, right? We stop and we watch the entire thing. And so the result is, especially if you're talking about, you know, we have a segment called Required Remarkable where we talk about legal disclosures and things. If Especially when you're talking about something that you really do genuinely want customers to understand, video is a great way to go about it because it is gonna stop the scroll and get them to pay attention. And I think the additional thing here is the Uber personalization. The idea of having a picture of your own car in there or having you know your own bill being dissected is really neat because, and it gets you to pay even more attention. There's a company that uh, offers 
personalized videos via email. And one of the things that they suggest is that when you take a thumbnail to share within an email, that you have it be of you holding a sign of the person's name. So if I were sending one to you, I would you know, hold, be holding a sign that says, Hi, Joey, because you're going to see that thumbnail and you're going to be like, wait a second, it has my name. And you're going to press play and you're going to listen to it. And folks, to Dan's point, the impact and the conversion rate on these type of videos is extraordinary. Uh, there's a company I profiled in my book, Never Lose a Customer Again, called Zogix. And Zogix sells uh, gym wipes for spas and health club facilities. Now I get it, you're probably thinking gym wipes, seriously, but have you ever been at the gym or the spa and seen the residue of the human who worked out before you on the bench? Well, gym wipes help you clean that up. And when you go, if you're a spa owner or a gym owner, uh, and you go on the Zajax website and purchase some of these gym wipes, you get a personalized video from one of the team members at Zajix doing exactly what Dan just explained, holding a clipboard that says, thank you, Dan, or thank you, whoever the name is. Now, what's fascinating is they actually have the analytics on how many people watch the video. And when we think about an email confirmation video for, or an email confirmation for an e-commerce purchase, most people just archive those. They don't read them. They don't spend a lot of time in them. Zajix customers watch those videos 78% of the time. I don't know about you, but there are very few videos that you send a customer that has a 78% watch through rate. So incorporating video into your interactions with your customers, you're only limited by your own creativity of where you can use video to enhance the interaction. So thanks again to loyal listener, Tony Jones of Signal TV. You can check out his company, by the way, at signaltv.co.uk. Thanks to Tony for giving us some great examples of using video to improve the customer experience. You listen to us. Now we want to listen to you. By visiting our website and sharing your remarkable customer experiences with us, we can share them with a broader audience. Now sit back and enjoy our listener stories. You know one of the things I love most about Twitter, Joey? (laughs) There's so many ways this conversation could go right now, folks. For those of you that are maybe new listeners to the show, um, Dan and I have kind of this running discussion, if you will, uh, shtick, some might even call it about Twitter, because Dan is huge on Twitter, and I really am never on Twitter. Uh, no, I, I don't know what you, I know what I uh, don't love about Twitter, Dan, but what, what do you love about Twitter? I'm not sure. Well, one of the things I love the most is when people tag me in posts about great customer experiences, and it's one of the ways we find great content for our show. So our friend Leandra, who on Twitter is at L-O-M-A-R-I-E-0-7. Is that Lomario 7 It is, Lomario 7 uh, She did that recently with a tweet about Puffs brand tissues. And her tweet, which tagged me, said, let's talk about brands showing up for their customers. After Puffs found out I was sick on my birthday, they sent a handwritten personalized card and a bunch of tissues to get me through the rest of the cold season. And she tagged me and our mutual friend, Shep Hyken, and said, check this out. She also shared pictures of what Puffs had sent her. So naturally, I asked Leandra for the backstory, and here is what she told me. Hi, Dan and Joey. This is Leandra. Thank you so much for asking me to share my Puffs story with your experience, this listeners. 
So a few months ago, I had a milestone birthday, my 30th. I had been so diligent about preventing a cold, but numerous flights and hours spent in the airport during cold season was no match for my hand washing. I got a cold. A few friends during that time wished me a happy birthday on Twitter, and so I typed out a funny tweet thanking those people and jokingly said I was celebrating with my BFFs, Puffs, and Mucinex, and that I was going to sleep for the rest of the day. Once I woke up from my deep sleep hibernation, I noticed Puffs responded, and they responded with humor. Honestly, I didn't even know they had a Twitter account until I did a search for my initial tweet. They said it sounded like I didn't invite them to my party, but they were glad they could be there for me in some way and asked that I send them a DM. So I did. Shortly after, a giant box arrived on my porch. I opened it, and the box was full of tissues with a handwritten card on top. Yes, handwritten. I know, right? What is that? The card itself was above and beyond in my eyes. I, of course, told all of my coworkers and all of my friends, but one conversation stands out in particular. My friend said, Wow, Leandra, that was so sweet of Puffs, and because of your story, they've won my loyalty now, too. So, good job, Puffs. I will love you forever. Leandra also told me on Twitter, quote, In the time frame it took to receive Puffs' small gift, I told everyone about our tweet exchange. I told my coworker about it, and she said, That's so sweet of Puffs. Because of your story alone, they've won my loyalty now, too. Folks, Dan, I'm going to make you repeat that. Like, seriously, this is exactly what we talk about on the show all the time, that if you create remarkable experiences, they will tell other people, and that will impact your business. Okay? Unbelievable. She told her coworker, and the coworker said, That's so sweet of Puffs. Because of your story alone, they've won my loyalty now, too. But Leandra goes on to say, I work in the social media marketing world for a brand. And even though I know how important experiences are, it was totally different to be on the receiving end. I was completely shocked Puffs reached out, and even more so when I opened up the huge box on my front porch full of tissues and a handwritten card. The card itself was above and beyond in my eyes. A handwritten note in this day and age, there's just nothing else like it. Oh my goodness, Leandra, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. I love it. When we think of handwritten notes, it is amazing the power and impact that they can have. And I think part of the reason for that is in an increasingly digital world, people are dying for analog connection. They are dying for physical, tangible proof that they matter, that they're significant. And that's exactly what Puffs did for Leandra. They let her know that even though they'd had this digital exchange, by taking it into the real world, or IRL as the kids say, uh, they made it more tangible, more real, and something that I'm sure she will remember and talk about for a very long time. It's actually funny because something similar happened to me with another similar product. Um, I made reference in a tweet to Charmin toilet paper and I too got a request for my address and uh, a box arrived at my uh, house with a whole bunch of Charmin toilet paper. But it's great because it does make you more loyal to the brand. And as we've talked about before, it shows that the brand has personality, that they that it wants to engage with customers. And this started just from Leandra pointing out that she was sick and didn't even reference Puffs, right? So the fact that they were paying attention and reached out to her has not only gained, they've not only gained a customer for life in Leandra, 
but also the coworker. And just to close the loop, when Leandra posted about her experience, the Puffs Twitter team was right back there with a response. They wrote back and said, we're just happy to hear you're feeling better and we hope you enjoy your party this weekend. To which a separate Twitter user having nothing to do with the rest of the conversation responds back and says, that was so sweet and brilliant. So now Leandra has gotten the coworker to pay attention as well as other Twitter users to this same experience. And what I love too is because Leandra shared this with us, now we're talking about it. I'm going to be more inclined to buy puffs next time I'm in the store. I presume you are as well. And our listeners are getting all of this free marketing for puffs, right? When you create these kind of remarkable experiences, the ripple effect is enormous. And the other thing I think that's worth noting, if you are in a business that sells a consumable product like tissues or toilet paper or any type of thing where building loyalty dramatically increases the lifetime value of the customer because they're going to continue to consume and use your product, don't hesitate to give away samples for free sometimes or to do special little things for your customers. The incremental cost for the brand of sending you some toilet paper or sending Leandra some extra puffs was minuscule compared to the PR and marketing value they got from it. So folks, it's simple. Listen to what your customers and potential customers are saying on social media, engage in conversation with them, and win their loyalty. Wow! Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. We know there are tons of podcasts to listen to, magazines and books to read, reality TV to watch. We don't take for granted that you've decided to spend some quality time listening to the two of us. We hope you enjoyed our discussions, and if you do, we'd love to hear about it. Come on over to experiencethisshow.com and let us know what segments you enjoyed, what new segments you'd like to hear. This show is all about experience, and we want you to be part of the Experience This Show. Thanks again for your time, and we'll see you next week for more Experience This.